gauging Donald Trump's understanding of cybersecurity. And the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee lays out his cybersecurity agenda for 2017. These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. If he governs in any way consistent with the language he used as a candidate, I would be very, very concerned. That's the former director of the Office of National Intelligence, Michael Hayden, who says the American intelligence community has yet to see any evidence that President-elect Donald Trump has a deep understanding of cybersecurity. In an interview earlier this week with the Wall Street Journal, the retired four-star Air Force general and former director of the NSA and CIA ticked off four items that he contends demonstrates Trump's dearth of knowledge on IT security matters. First, Hayden cites Trump's absolute refusal to accept a high-confidence judgment of the U.S. intelligence community that Russia conducted an aggressive influence campaign on the American political process. Trump's position, Hayden says, worries him. Since the election, the president-elect has not consistently made himself available for intelligence briefings. In an interview with Time magazine, which named him Person of the Year, Trump says he doesn't buy the intel community's conclusion that Russia was behind the hacks of Democratic Party computers, adding that the charges against the Kremlin were politically driven. Hayden says more evidence of Trump's unfamiliarity with cyber surfaced at one of the debates with Hillary Clinton when he diverted to his 10-year-old's ability to handle digital machines as his main talking point. Hayden also points out that Trump sided with the FBI over Apple when decrypting the iPhone used by the San Bernardino shooter. It was, how dare they not open up the phone? Now, I think that is a reflexive national security position, not a thoughtful one. Hayden says he and other former top intelligence leaders believe that America is more secure if U.S. companies do not have holes punched into their encryption. But what seems to disturb Hayden the most is Trump's promise made after the election that he'd call on the Department of Defense to draw up a cybersecurity plan to protect the nation's critical infrastructure, which is mostly operated by privately owned companies. Hayden says that's not a good idea on its face. That is the wrong organ of government to get in to defending domestic structures. Most people who understand cyber know that this is far more complicated. Defense has a role. By the way, statutorily, that job belongs to Homeland Security. Right. I guess what I'm saying is we, we've got these points of light, and in each case, I think the candidate and the president-elect is factually incorrect so far. Though Trump and Hayden disagree whether it should be the Pentagon or DHS to draw up cybersecurity plans to protect civilian infrastructure, the president-elect's choice to be the next Homeland Security Secretary reportedly is a retired four-star Marine General, John Kelly. Kelly is described as a blunt-spoken seasoned commander who ran the U.S. Southern Command. His tough rhetoric on border security and terrorism is viewed as an asset among Trump supporters to secure the homeland. But Kelly has no significant background in cybersecurity, which, like border security, is one of the main responsibilities of DHS. Among those Kelly beat out to be the Homeland Security Secretary was Representative Mike McCall. He's the Texas Republican who heads the House Homeland Security Committee. McCall co-founded and co-chairs the Congressional Cybersecurity Caucus and is deemed one of the most knowledgeable lawmakers on Capitol Hill on all matters cyber. McCall this past week delivered his annual State of Homeland Security address before the conservative think tank, the Heritage Foundation. And though his speech mostly focused on criticizing the Obama administration's record on border security and terrorism, 
and how under Republican leadership that will change. McCall also addressed the cybersecurity challenges the federal government and the nation face. Today, we are fighting a silent war in cyberspace with unlimited fronts, a new frontier, if you will. And this was a watershed year. Nation states, criminals, hacktivists, and terrorists are infiltrating our networks. Some want to embarrass us. Others are seeking to copy our innovation, steal our nation's secrets, and even undermine the very foundations of our republic. Interestingly, McCall mentioned attacks emanating from Russia, suggesting they interfered with America's democracy. But he didn't explicitly mention the hacks of Democratic Party computers. Perhaps that was out of deference to the new commander-in-chief. Russia's recent hacks and attacks should be a wake-up call and a call to action. There needs to be consequences to these actions. On the international stage, if we don't respond and show them that there are consequences, the bad behavior will continue. We can't allow foreign governments to interfere in our democracy. And when they do so, we must call them out on it and respond forcefully, publicly, and decisively. The United States should respond to cyber attacks in a way that will make our adversaries think twice before they do it again. To beef up cyber defenses, McCall proposes a major reorganization and consolidation of the nation's cyber efforts into a single strong cybersecurity agency within DHS. As Homeland Committee Chairman, he said it would be among his top priorities in the next Congress. The creation of a cybersecurity agency is just one of several initiatives McCall proposes aimed to strengthen DHS as the nexus of physical and cyber threat information sharing between the federal government and the private sector and state and local governments. Perhaps more than anything, we must make sure that the department stays ahead of our enemies, ahead of the evolving threat that we always face, and that it leverages, most importantly, the private sector, where many of these solutions are, that we leverage that innovation to deal with emerging threats. Conceivably, Congress, and not the White House, in the coming year could take the lead in setting the federal government's cybersecurity agenda. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. One of the biggest IT security concerns these days involves the vulnerabilities found in Internet of Things devices that could allow hackers to take control of these products and exploit them in distributed denial of service attacks and other nefarious cyber deeds. ISMG Security and Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk reports on one of the latest exploitations of Internet of Things devices, IP cameras. Sony doesn't ever seem to be the subject of good security news. In the latest finding, an Austrian security firm says it has found three secret backdoors in upwards of 80 Sony IP camera models. SEC Consult warns that there is a high chance that the cameras could be infected with the botnet code Mirai, which recently took out 900,000 Deutsche Telekom routers. The IP camera vulnerabilities could also be used in more discreet ways, such as turning off the cameras or tapping into video streams to spy on people. That's worrying since many of the affected models are sold to enterprises. The findings add to expert fears that loose security controls of Internet of Things devices will remain a long-term problem. The Mirai malware has infected millions of devices and was used in September and October to execute devastating DDoS attacks. Johannes Grail, a senior security consultant and head of SEC Consult's Vulnerability Lab, says that he hopes the vendors will get their act together and make more secure products out of the box. 
Sony didn't make the common error that is made by many IoT manufacturers, which is leaving remote access protocols such as Telnet and SSH directly accessible from the internet. That's what resulted in the fast spread of Mirai as the malware sought out internet-facing devices and tried default login credentials. Those protocols, however, are still present in the Sony cameras. An SEC console found a way to reach them via one of the backdoor accounts that Sony left in the firmware. The hard-coded access credentials found could be used to access a web server and then start Telnet. From there, it's only a matter of uploading Mirai to the camera. Even more damaging, SEC Consult uncovered the hash for the IP camera's hard-coded root password, which if cracked would lend access to a Linux shell. Attackers would then have full control over the device. Complicating the disclosure, it appears that owners of the cameras will need to manually install the firmware update. That's problematic since the cameras are usually plugged in and forgotten. Since these cameras are sold to enterprises, there may be a greater chance that administrators will be more diligent. But whether devices are patched quickly depends on how well Sony can get the message out that there are vulnerabilities and if administrators have bothered to register the cameras with the company at all. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.